Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me Andrea Jones. Andrea is a social media strategist and successful podcast host with over seven years of experience. Andrea owns a full-service digital marketing agency that was named the top digital marketing agency in 2021. Andrea also runs the Savvy Social School, where she serves over 200 students, as well as an acclaimed podcaster with the Savvy Social Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to listen as Andrea shares her tips on how being in the digital marketing space does not need to be all-consuming in order to be successful, and why most social media marketers focus on quality instead of quantity. It's going to be a very interesting discussion today. Andrea, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited for today's conversation. So am I. You know, I love talking with other digital marketers because A, this, uh, you know, this field is so big, right? There's so much business for everybody, right? And everyone brings a, you know, a different style, a different tact, and there's space for everyone. I think it's very welcoming. So I'm very pleased that you're able to join me today. I would like to know a little bit more about your journey. How did you fall into this? And how did you become so awesome? (laughs) Thanks. Well, I was one of those people who liked social media in the early days. 2007, I started a YouTube channel. This was back before it was cool. It was very odd at the time to be recording videos for yourself in your house. And uh, when I was in university, I uh, minored in theater, ended up doing some marketing for the theater company, did an internship there. And then after I graduated, I met my husband who lives in Canada and moved from the U.S. to Canada. And that move prompted me to launch my own business in 2014. Since then, I've grown it from freelancer to agency, learned a lot along the way. So I went to the School of Hard Knocks for, for that uh, educational journey. And um, the best thing about social media is that it's constantly changing. So a lot of what I've learned is just from applied knowledge, actually getting out there, doing it and figuring out what works. You know, I love that because, uh, you know, going from a freelancer to, you know, going into agency mode, that is not an easy step for some people to take. And I think what happens though is a your customers that you serve that love you will help you out along the way. I think that if you do deliver great service and you do show that you're trying and you take ownership, they will actually help you 
you know, figure out like, oh, you made that mistake today. All right, no big deal. Just make sure it doesn't happen again. Right. And actually figuring out how to delegate responsibility, how to start hiring specialists so that you don't have to be the person fingers on keyboard all day and all night to make that happen. That is an acquired skill. That's not something they really teach you in in high school or in college. What would you say is the most challenging part of that journey and how did you overcome that? It was definitely the team building. Being able to find people I can trust, number one, was really hard. There are a lot of people who talk a big talk out here on these internet streets and they can't walk the walk. So I really was challenged to find the the right people for the team. And then once I did find the right people, then it was a whole new skill set to learn how to manage those people. And I say that that's my job today is I wear a lot of hats as the the owner of an agency, but uh, the biggest one is managing people. And so when I kind of really doubled down and invested time into the leadership piece, reading books, joining programs, learning how to lead our virtual team. That's really where um, I saw the biggest growth happen with the business. But it was rough for a while. I say 2017 was my year of hiring and firing. I learned fast that year about what makes a good team member and what doesn't. You know, it's interesting about that. You know, you touched on the skill level of the people that you are hiring. And sometimes, you know, their sales script is pretty slick, right? You know, you start thinking like, wow, can I really make this happen? And can I really work with this person? And can I grow with this person, right? You know, I almost started to find that I also fished four to $6 an hour range when you're trying to hire people in Southeast Asia. And then I, I was like, wait a second, I'm doing so much management over here. Like, this isn't really what I should be doing. You know, maybe if I went a little bit higher, you know, $20, $30, $40 an hour, you know, type thing, you know, will I get better service? Will I get more, better content, things like that? And one of the things I've noticed is not necessarily, right? Because especially when you hire, you know, here, I'm going to rant a little bit, you know, when you hire writers, right? And, you know, it's like their job is to write. And, you know, you can do all the vetting you want, you know, they can be, you know, born and raised in North America, went to high school and college, you know, here in this country or in Canada, you know, like everyone else, that's fine. So I don't care where you live now in the world, right? But if you think that you deserve a certain salary based on where you live, talking to all those New York City people that think that, oh, no, I only get $200 an hour. All right, you know, well, good luck to you. Then please write, you know, a 200 uh, blog post that's worth $200, for example. Right. And I think that fishing through all of that and sorting out those people and then being able to land on the people that you as a business owner know, like, and trust with your business, because basically it's your name that goes on it, that becomes, you know, that becomes the Andrea secret sauce, right? Yeah. And you nailed it with the the pricing piece because it really doesn't matter as much as we think it does. There's still high quality people out there at almost any price range. Um, you just have to spend the time finding them. And we like I built this super rigorous hiring process for that reason. <laughs> so they I make them jump through a lot of hoops, basically, uh, just so that I can see what they're made of and if they'll fit with the rest of the team. It's very interesting that you hit on the process because that's actually where the secret sauce really comes in, right? You really do need to have a process 
in order to create a product that is deliverable multiple times. There's just no other way around it. Otherwise, you're, you're just selling things freely and it just becomes, you know, like everyone's dependent on Andrea's mind. And that's not really how it should be. It should be the style that you create, the quality of work, or maybe the niche that you choose to work in, right? But having those processes in place and documenting them. You know, I've also found that there's a that there's a line, do you document every single click? You know, this is where you put in the title. This is how long a title should be. This is where, you know, you need to check it against this database and make sure that it's less than 120 characters and it fits in Twitter and it fits in the in the SEO module or wherever. How did you overcome that? Like how did you figure out those little parameters? And at what point did you feel that I'm documenting too much? So I need to pull back a little bit and maybe hire someone that will think a little bit instead of just read my recipe that I just created. Yeah. So I found that with the more team members I was bringing on. So the first couple of team members that needed to happen, but as the team was growing, it became really challenging to document every little squiggly line that needed to happen. And that's actually how I started my program. So the Savvy Social School was born from me teaching my team, okay, here's how we approach Instagram. Here's how we approach Twitter. Here's our framework that we apply to every platform. So yeah, we I, I like to use video. We use Loom. And that's the fastest way for us to document things. Uh, but also, we hire people who are interested in social media. That's a big one for us. So if I have to teach you what an Instagram story sticker is, it's not going to work here because that's way too much to teach. Uh, but if I tell you, you know, this Instagram story sticker could be better, then that's really where, you know, some of those nuances can come in play when it comes to hiring the right people. So we try to hire people who are obsessed with social media so they naturally keep up with the changes. And we document everything as well on our side for how we specifically approach the, the, the various, the various pl platforms. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to segue into your one big tip, which talks about how businesses can manage their social media pre-Andrea or hiring Andrea or hiring another team. Like, um, it, how do you, uh, uh, first of all, I'd like to know at what point are you comfortable stepping in to help a business? manage their social media because sometimes, you know, they may just call you up and just not have a clue. And then you realize, well, you know, I can't talk in your voice. Like I can't, you know, like make this happen for you. So can you walk us through a little bit about, you know, first of all, how that process works. And then let's talk a little bit about, about the actual business of creating social media posts and why it doesn't need to be so overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. So before working with someone else in social media, you definitely want to have two things figured out in your business. The first is the role that social media plays in your business. So it depends on what type of business you have. If you have an e-commerce business, a lot of your focus is on conversions and getting people to the website. If you are a speaker or an author, for instance, your goal would be to you know build up your credibility and your brand awareness, a little bit of a different strategy. So you want to make sure you know the ROI 
ROI before you hire someone so that you can actually measure if that's happening. And then the second thing is you want to fully understand the transformation that your business has on your customers and clients. So you want to understand that, you know, paint the end of the rainbow scenario, what happens before and after they work with us, because you need to be able to give that to the person who's managing your social media. And then once you have those two things, then you can start thinking about outsourcing. So I do recommend spending about three hours a week on social media for most business owners. Social media is tough because a lot of people approach it as a content creator. And that's fine if you are a content creator. But most of the audience I talk to, they're you know freelancers, agencies, creatives, coaches, they have a lot of other things to do in a day. And social media is just a piece of that. So the three hours a week strategy will really help you break this down into something that's truly manageable for yourself. So you want to spend about an hour a week creating that content. And I like to use content banks for this, really, really leaning into some of that evergreen content you already have. You know, if you have a conversation with a client, that could be a social media piece. If you have a podcast, we're remixing that into social media pieces. So really getting length out of your content and also repeating yourself often. Think of yourself as a little commercial when it comes to social media uh, promotions. And then the other two hours in your week, you want to split those up throughout your weekday and spend that time connecting and engaging and networking with your community, especially for small business owners. This is huge when it comes to really establishing yourself because you know the phrase is, if a tree falls in a forest, does anyone hear it? Well, if you post something on social media and there's no one there to engage with it, does it really matter? So we really want to start building out that community by networking, engaging, commenting, and participating in social media. Even the word social media itself. Social comes first, media comes second. So you want to think about the social piece and the media piece. And then I'll wrap up with this. As you're thinking about hiring someone, you're still probably going to spend about three hours a week. It's probably just going to look a little bit different. Now you're expanding into other platforms. Maybe you're recording videos. Uh, Maybe you're spending time reviewing content. Uh, We still keep it at around three hours a week. How do you help people find their voice in a channel that maybe they're not totally accustomed to? Like, you know, I'll tell you, one of the trends I'm seeing lately is that, you know, younger adults, Facebook is not a part of their life, right? It's just not. My kids don't have Facebook on their phones, right? You know, and I ask them why, and they're just, they ask me back, like, why, why do I need it? Right. And I think that's going to be a larger trend going forward three, five, seven years from now, where there's going to be something else to fill that void. I think one of the other, one of the platforms that maybe has better longevity, if I could call it that, is uh, LinkedIn because it's more professional. But then again, maybe it's just I'm older and, you know, like, set in my ways, right? How do you help clients figure out like what is the best, where is the best place for you for you to be and to craft the message specifically for that channel? Yeah. So when we look at the channels, there are certain ones that attract certain demographics. Like if you are B2B, I'm going to recommend LinkedIn for you, for example. Um, so there are certain platforms that can help with that. And then as far as the voice goes, I think any voice can work on almost any platform. I have a colleague who has a comedy show and she does really well on LinkedIn because her 
comedy is related to the people on that platform. So your voice can fit depending on what platform you're in. But if you're still kind of developing that voice, there's going to be a lot of brainstorming happening. And I'm a huge believer of social media being a mirror. So it should reflect what's happening within your business. So if you have a conversation with a client, if you are a consultant, if you are an e-commerce brand, what does it look like when someone purchases something from you. And then we want to reflect that back on social media. So if you're kind of funny and witty behind the scenes, we want to see that on social media. If you're professional and you keep things clean, we want to see that on social media. So it's really having that third party observe what your business is like on the back end and then reflecting that back on social media. That's the fastest way to kind of figure out your voice. What do you see as happening in the social media space in terms of privacy and, you know, like this little spat of, uh, you know, Apple devices and you can't track, you know, apps are asking you, you know, can I track you? Can I not track you? And, you know, the convergence of all that, cause that's really changing. It's really changing the, you know, like the demographics of who you can target and who you can't. Facebook is changing their rules a, a lot of the time just to, you know, who you can target, who you can't target. Then, the, you know, some, some of these platforms are doing a very good job of blocking it. In addition, you even have Apple devices now that allow you to anonymize, that's a word, right? Mm-hmm. Anonymize your email address. So you're not even giving your real email address to somebody when you're signing up for a newsletter or an e-magnet or whatever. How are you helping your clients through, uh, navigate through those changes in order for them to be future-proof mm-hmm. as they're moving forward with you? Yeah, I mean, the golden age of digital marketing is ending. Uh, sadly, you know, we can't just, you know, put a dollar in the Facebook ads machine and make a hundred dollars anymore, right? So the name of the game still is authenticity and trust when it comes to building relationships with your clients and customers. And I like to do that through content. So you want to show up in podcasts, in YouTube videos, on social media with the kind of content that resonates with the right person. So yes, we have less ability to target people. So we need to help our clients and customers identify themselves, you know, help them self-identify if this is a product or service or offer that's good for them. Even we're seeing right now with Facebook ads, ads costs are going up. But in our agency, we've actually been able to kind of stabilize them a little bit using dynamic content. So instead of targeting people based on their demographics, we use a wide net approach to that top of the funnel, get people to identify by watching a certain percentage of a video, then we can retarget them with more specific ads. And so when we're thinking about how we approach things like Facebook ads or social media content, it's going to take a little finessing. It's going to have to be a little bit more elegant. It's going to take more time, but ultimately, hopefully we can uh, still maintain the same results for our clients. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, that was really on point. And I think also, you know, back in the SEO days, right, when everyone was trying to rank on Google for specific keywords, you know, uh, the first thing that uh, that Google nixed was keyword stuffing and, you know, those keyword farms and things like that. And it, and it all came back to the ones, the people that were still successful in optimizing a site for organic keywords, the, the keyword there was authenticity, right? Like actually create content that people will like to read. Don't write for the search engines, write for people, right? And the people that did that 
you know, they're still going strong. You know, I've had clients that have you, you know, that have used us for SEO services and the ones that really, you know, stuck to that voice of being authentic, they're still ranking very high today without a lot of maintenance. Right. And I think that doing that as well on the social side, you know, just coming up with a plan, coming up with a voice, coming up with a, with a branding dialogue, a design language, you know, really, really helps in terms of setting that up. So that's great, Andrea. Thank you so much for sharing that. Can you please let everyone know where they can find you on all the channels and how they can reach out to you directly if they want to learn more? Absolutely. So the best place to start is our free course. You can find it by going to onlinedrea.com slash free. It's our little like Costco sample version of what our frameworks are like. So how we approach social media for our business and for our clients. Outside of that, I am everywhere at onlinedrea. And if you like listening to podcasts, check out the podcast. It's Savvy Social Podcast. We are on all the apps and we release episodes every Tuesday. I love it. Thank you for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. I love talking about this stuff and uh, you really brought the good. So thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.